Welcome to the Shelf Made Podcast, your weekly snackable size podcast for the consumer packaged good industry. Welcome everybody to the Shelf Made Podcast. We are a little bit late with this week's episode. I do apologize, but we had the holiday weekends a little bit late with everything this week. I'm sure that you all can understand. I hope that you had a great Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully you were able to hang out with friends and family. I know with vaccinations kind of rolling out very quickly, a lot of the openings are happening. We're here in New Jersey. Uh, it's been really nice to go to places without the mask on and, and see things starting to open up here. And I think that's a positive, not only for humanity in general, but also for the CPG industry. Uh, it's been great to have conversations with brands about things like sweets and snacks coming up and fancy food and Expo East and in-person events and demoing and sampling and just conversations outside of the conversations we've had over the last year uh, around the pandemic. And and the tone is definitely taking a turn more towards the positive, And that is great to see. We've really tackled over the last few episodes this topic of how brands pivoted during the pandemic how they survived the pandemic in terms of their business and how they came out of the other side really positioned to succeed in 2021. And this week's episode is no different. I sit down with Aaron and Kayla from Agua Bonita, two amazing founders who were very personable, very honest, and really laid out their journey over the last year, where not only did they start the pandemic with a brand that was thriving and they had started pre-pandemic, but they actually started this brand in the middle of the pandemic. They came together from different situations and started Agua Bonita and really put it in an amazing position to be what they describe as the drink of summer 2021. So very excited for you all to hear this episode with Aaron and Kayla from Agua Bonita. Please, after the episode, be sure to rate and review the podcast. It's super important to us. I truly appreciate it. And with that, here's our interview with the founders of Agua Bonita. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Shelf Made Podcast. Uh, I am joined today from with Aaron and Kayla from Agua Bonita. Super excited to have both of them on the podcast this week. Uh, we're diving into a topic that we've talked to a lot of brands about uh, over the last few episodes, and that's kind of where their brand was before the pandemic how they had to adjust and pivot during the pandemic, and then where they are at today. Uh, so Aaron and Kayla, thank you so much for joining us today. And would love to know a little bit about both of you and kind of uh, a little background on the brand. Hi, my name is Erin Pontel, and I am the co-founder and COO of Agua Bonita, and I'm joined here by Kayla. Hi, guys. My name is Kayla Castaneda. I am co-founder and CEO of Agua Bonita. Um, yeah, and Agua Bonita is actually the first line of healthy aguas frescas, non-carbonated, all real fruit, sometimes spices, um, and really beautiful culturally inspired cans. Yeah, I think that's the first thing that jumped off to me was the packaging. Um, I think like you're in a really tough, like ready to drink set, right? And how are you going to pop off the shelf? Um, can we start with a little bit of background into just kind of what was the inspiration for the flavors, the inspiration behind the packaging, um, and did you have all that lined up um, kind of pre-pandemic? So something interesting about us is that we were actually born from the pandemic. Kayla and I actually met at a previous job um, in the Bay Area, 
and uh, they served offices, which obviously were decimated by the pandemic. So I went on maternity leave last April, came back in July to no job. Basically, they were the announcement that the company was shutting down. Um, and I had met Kayla only for a few weeks before then. Um, and we started chatting after losing our jobs. I was home with a, a baby in the middle of a pandemic. Kayla was home also without a job. And we both um, came from Beverage, love Beverage, and wanted to create our own um, company. And Agua Bonita was born. Yeah, I always say... Uh, like when life gives you lemons, make aguas frescas because we really made it in the middle of a pandemic. Um, so for us, the brand did not exist prior to the pandemic. There was like no, that was the pivot, was creating a brand. Um, so for a little bit about our background, so is Aaron mentioned we both came from beverage. So I used to work for Coca-Cola um, doing market development in California. So got to meet a lot of folks, learn a lot about the business, what customers wanted, what business owners wanted, and then moved into consulting for startups. And so that is where Aaron and I crossed paths. But then, yeah, the pandemic rolled into town and changed a lot of plans. Uh, but Aaron and I had years and years of experience and data points that we just didn't want to go to waste. And we wanted to create something that was not only like on trend for the market and what consumers wanted, but something that was really culturally reflective of ourselves on shelves. So Erin really did the heavy lifting when it came to the design portion of things. So I'll let her talk about, uh, I'll let her talk about the design and then I'll talk about the flavors. Yeah, so I um, was the CMO of a prior beverage startup and I helped them um, basically take over the Bay Area. And I uh, personally went into every single store, um, introduced myself with that company and looked out at the products that were available on shelves and talked to consumers and really saw a hole missing, both from a product standpoint and a design standpoint. Um, over the last few years, it felt like everybody had gone very minimalist um, and a lot of beverages looked very similar. Um, and I wanted to create something not only that stood out on shelf, but that was different and exciting. And I think a lot of people resonated when we launched because nobody could travel. Um, people were longing for things that were exciting and different and new. And so we were inspired um, by tiles and cultural patterns that you'll see in Mexico. Um, and so we did some research. I, I saved a lot of Pinterest pins and then just um, designed the cans from scratch myself um, to, yeah. Uh, sort of reflect the flavors, but also um, we're inspired by tiles in Mexico for our first two flavors. And our houses. <laughs> I was going to say not just our, not just Mexico. I have a blanket that um, hopefully you guys will see soon on a future design. Um, but yeah, so we really just wanted to make something that was culturally relevant. So when we came to the board of like making flavors, um, it really started in my kitchen. So these are things and flavor combinations that have are just like part of our culture. Um, you know, we we do a couple spicy drinks. Um, we have one out on the market right now, uh, watermelon chile, and then the other one is pineapple cucumber. A lot of times when you hear about a spicy drink, people assume that it's ginger just because that's all that's really used. For us, we wanted to stay like culturally true. So we use, um, you know, like a tahine reminiscent flavor blend and like jalapeno and stuff like that to really kind of drive home um, those flavors. And we're non-carbonated, so you're not drinking spicy sparkling water. Um, it's just a real good, true agua fresca. 
Yeah, I don't think people also- know. I was yeah. gonna say I don't think people know that beverages come non-carbonated anymore because it's just such a like big part of the um, kind of set. I'm sorry, Aaron, to cut you off. What were we gonna say? Oh, just the last thing. While we were designing, we wanted to create something also that um would be beautiful just as decor in a house as well. I was like, I want something where I want to save the can and look at it and repurpose it into a flower vase or something beautiful. So we also tried to really lean into that as well. Um, and then looking at like, kind of like the competitive set, right? Cause like obviously ready to drink is, is super competitive. There's a lot of always new entrants coming in and it's all also really hyper local and tough to kind of expand outside of kind of like your local area. Um, and very few drinks do. I mean, who do you, who do you position yourself against? If, if I'm a consumer going in and I'm reaching for Agua Bonita, what am I not reaching for usually? Is it a watermelon water? Is it a seltzer? Is it, um, you know, juice? What am I reaching for your drink instead of? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. We get asked this a lot. The truth of the matter is, is that we're here to like drive incremental category growth because there isn't anything truly like us. Um, We're non-carbonated, 50% juice, 50% water. So we are offering a new option that is really not always instead of something, it is just an alternative to the competitive set in general. We get uh, drawn comparisons to Spindrift a lot of the time um, because of the real fruit that we have, but Spindrift has like a splash of real fruit where we're like a very heavy pour, like 50% juice and also non-carbonated. So that is kind of similar, but um, also like instead of reaching for a full cold pressed juice where, you know, it's like 200 calories, lots of added sugar, supposed to be healthy for you. Um, you know, we dial that back a bit too. So we really are like bridging this space between enhanced waters and uh, fruit juice in a way that's like no chemical sweeteners, no added sugar, and just something that is really just glaringly missing from the whole set in general. So we hope that wherever we're put in the fridge um, that we actually compete with with everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um... We, yeah, we're not only the first healthy ready to drink agua fresca, we're also the only fruit juice and water blend non-carbonated with no added sugar or chemicals at all in the entire market. So hopefully people reach for us all the time. Um, we, we've heard a lot of positive feedback in that category, but yeah, way fewer calories than a cold pressed juice, way less sugar, um, but also a lot more flavor than just an enhanced water. And then obviously like COVID probably affected a lot of the growth plans, even though it was kind of the you know reason that you started the company. What were the biggest kind of learnings, lessons? What did you have to kind of learn really quickly because of COVID? I mean, what did you have to pivot you had to make um, and kind of lessons that you took out of it? Um, obviously launching a new brand last year is probably not ideal for, for most people. And um, I'm sure it made you very resilient and, and made this year a piece of cake compared to last year. So would love to just kind of know some of the things you had to deal with and, and maybe some of the lessons that you took out of that. Yeah. yeah. One piece- One piece of advice that I would give folks is to really drill into your network Um, because for us, there was just some really unprecedented um, hurdles. Like there's an international aluminum can shortage, which is kind of just so unique. And you probably would not know that unless you are trying to make a drink that goes into aluminum cans. Um, So really calling on old contacts and drilling into your network there and you know, seeing what you can come up with um, because yeah, it's just so unique and then not being able to sample products in store anymore and learning how to really still drive that consumer um, 
exploration and yeah and seeing them find you is has been a a task in and of itself a fun one for us but still I, I was going to say um, in a positive note, we really underestimated, I think, how much people were longing for like new, exciting things to do and try. Um, we started out um, with a pilot, just a test in the beginning and sold out within a few weeks, uh, which we were not anticipating. So then we had to go out of stock for a long time as we refilled. And we were expecting the first run to last us months, not weeks. And then our second run sold out as well. So I think just... Um, yeah, consumers are ready for things that are new and different and not just another sparkling water, um, which we, we had a theory, but um, it was proven way more, even more strongly than we could have anticipated. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think a lot of people go in with kind of their preconceived notions on who the customer's going to be and what growth is going to look like. And then it just kind of hits you in the face how different it can be. And I think the best founders kind of adapt to that and, and welcome that, don't resist it. Um, so then what what does a good 21 look like for you? I mean, where are you at now? What is the focus? Is it retail? Is it online? Obviously being a beverage, it's, it's expensive to ship. Um, what's a, you know, we're sitting here December, you know, this year, what does a good year look like for you? My joking goal so far has been we want to be the drink of 20 uh, summer 2021 as people go back out there. We have a lot of uh, pending placements, so you'll hopefully see us in a lot of places very soon this summer. Um, so far, we've been accidentally a direct-to-consumer company, as Kayla has mentioned, just because we keep selling out online. Um, but we're working really hard behind the scenes to make a lot more cans for the summer. Um, a successful year, I think, would be yeah, you'll see us in retail across uh, Texas and Southern California would be really successful. And then if you just see some shelves at your local store, I think that would mean we've we've done some big things this year. Um, you'll also see us at a few upcoming events over the summer as well, um, especially being a, an easy to grab canned beverage. It's, it's really working in our favor for some cool placements coming up. Yeah, I think for me, success just looks like Introducing Aguas Frescas to folks that don't know what Aguas Frescas are. Um, we're not just for Hispanic consumers. And we would love to just really share a great piece of our culture and a delicious piece of our culture with many new customers in creative ways as the world starts opening back up and as we get deeper into some of our retail relationships that we're um, exploring now. And then biggest piece of advice that you would have for, um, you know, specifically beverage founders. I mean, we work with you know, over 400 brands here, but I would say 75% of the portfolio is like beverage and it's a huge growing sector. And um, kind of what's like the biggest tidbit or, or lesson you've taken out of last year that you would pass on to kind of a newbie beverage founder? Um, my bit of advice, and this is really for every founder is, to be open to criticism and to be open to learning new things. Um, because as you go through the commercial process of like taking a drink and making it at this large commercial scale, you're gonna learn a lot of new things, a lot of new facets of the business that no matter how well prepared you are for it, there's still something new to learn every day. Um, so take it in stride, take the criticism, whether that's from your customers or um, other industry folks into stride to really fine tune your product and make it something that people want and that you can be proud of every single time that they have. Yeah. Just, I guess my advice would be building off that is just listen to your customers. Um, we, especially for new founders coming into something, thinking, you know, what consumers are going to want to drink. Um, 
you might be right, but you might also be wrong. And a lot of times if you just ask customers and your biggest fans what they want to see, they'll tell you. And um, yeah, for us, it was our reformulation of our cucumber flavor. We uh, made our uh, version one, put it out in the market, got a lot of feedback, asked people what they'd like to see mixed with cucumber. And I literally just posted on Instagram, what do you guys want to see? What favorite fruit? What new flavor do you want? And it was resoundingly pineapple, which we weren't expecting. And so we said, okay, you guys want pineapple? We'll give you pineapple. Um, reformulated, put it back out in the market and it sold out in three weeks because people knew what they wanted. And so we gave it to them instead of us telling them what they should drink, <laughs> give the people what they want. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of times as founders, we tend to be stubborn and we tend to want it to be like a certain way. So I think listening to the customers and letting them guide it, especially when it comes to decisions like that, they're going to end up being the end consumer for like the flavor is, is a, is a brilliant idea. And I really appreciate you both joining Aaron Kayla. Um, thank you so much for the information and the background on your company. If someone was interested in ordering the product, learning more about the brand, where's the best place that they could find you? So you can order online at www.drinkalabonita.com and you can come hang out with us on Instagram at drinkalabonita um, and you can slide in our DMs, email us. We're always around. So yeah, grab a pack and let's hang out. All right, everybody, let's make Agua Bonita the drink of 21, uh, summer of 2021. And uh, thank you so much for joining me today. And I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you Thanks. so much. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Shelf Made Podcast. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for notes and links about today's episode. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes or future guests, please feel free to shoot us an email at contact at Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.